to the Dragon, Dragon Party. Party! I'm your host for this shindig, and here with me, my co-host, the guy in the back, DJing around, it's Eric. Eric, tell him your name. I am Eric Manjo, and you do not want me DJing. You, you gave me you're, that role. <laughs> what oh, do you got? Man. What are we going to be listening to? A, a, based on my YouTube uh, suggestions, a bunch of D and D atmospheric noise sounds and music. <laughs> oh, oh, good atmospheric. Hey, that might be Which nice. Fits for this episode. That's right. We're going to be going into this. Is going to be our first D? I should also mention I'm Brett Brandis. I guess I didn't really. I said I always tell them to tell you your name. I guess they should know mine too. I feel like I feel like that should. Be I'm it. the host of the party. I mean, they should at least know which. Remember how we played the trick? Oh my like, God. if you didn't know me, you're getting kicked out of the party. Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> well, what did we call it? Was it? Uh, There's Brett or something <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, we I, everyone's like thing was go find Brett, but then you would just point to like if they didn't if they asked then who who well, who is that. You would just point at someone, and we had him point in a circle, like everyone that wasn't me. So, right, like, yeah, it, it would be you would like... point to someone else who would point to someone, and like eventually they'd get in a huge like twenty-person circle of like, yeah, none of those were me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, it, yeah, basically, if no one knew who any of the house owners were, and they knew that, oh, I'll just point to Ryan. Oh, he's over there. That's Brett. And then they go to Ryan, be like, "Hey, are you Brett?" <laughs> they, we would know that they are not. The, the, eventually, the the hope was they would uh, like give up and leave. Yeah, and it, because they were like defeated. And we should say our the premise of this was is instead of having a door cost, so someone to come into our party, we normally just charge them five dollars to enter for a cup or something. We had a mobile charging unit, so Brett would walk <laughs> around with the cups that would be required to get anything at the party, and then he would get be in charge of of dispersing them so that way which is why you had to find me which is why you had to find because otherwise you weren't getting a, a a vehicle a vehicle for for a brew which we're having a party we're gonna have some brews what are you drinking tonight so i am drinking uh i'm showing it to you even though no one can see it it's called deep ellum boy IPA. you guys let me tell you guys you're missing out yeah it's pretty good <laughs> it's pretty colorful <laughs> So th- this this uh, telling them how much they're missing out, right? Exactly. It, it it it's a lot. It's a lot of it. No, so this brewery is it's a it's about three miles away from where I live, and oh, it's okay. just on that distance where if it's a sunny, beautiful Saturday, I have no problem walking to there. But three miles, you said? Yeah, it's that's a lot. Yeah, that that's yeah, it's a, lot, a lot. But you know, you Man, can throw in a podcast. Forty five minutes. Right, exactly. <laughs> throw in a podcast, it's no problem. But then walking back, you're just like, I'll just call an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh man, especially after a few brews. After a few brews. Uh, now it's funny that you said like you, you had to show me the can and everything because as last week I had the full story can where mm-hmm. it was very much about the story. This week, all vanity, baby. That's all vanity. The only reason I bought this beer Ooh. is because it has like a that yeah this sweet Art Deco kind of uh, I'm seeing a lot of like it. teal greens some very yeah yeah oh that total old reminds me of my parents bathroom <laughs> oh my gosh if your parents we had a bathroom, bathroom that was like this color that? man it was I swear to gosh it was it was that like teal green with pink oh my and gosh. it was like a, a checkered pattern oh I'm I'm telling you I, but honestly I love it I love it. I, it, it you know it gives me the feels this apparently is a Mexican lager 
by the Aslan Beer Co. down in uh, Herndon, Virginia. And look at this. I, we'll hear how this sounds, and I'm probably going to edit it out. Right. Oh, yeah. I don't beautiful. know if that's like a good noise. Yeah, is it? I don't know. Well, if it sounds like crap, I'll take it out, and you guys won't have to suffer through that. <laughs> right, yeah. You'll just hear this. Can't wait to show you guys this sound. Mute. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was it we were going to talk about this week? So, right now, uh, so... We're kind of in an alternating pattern here, talking about Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and & Dragons, and we've had our first Magic podcast last week, so now we're going to get into Dungeons & Dragons. Absolutely. D&D. Now, we are pretty new to the D&D scene, I'd say, overall. I mean, especially as compared to our Magic experience. Right. Um, and so Dungeons & Dragons has been around for literal decades. So right, right. Whereas Magic's been around since like the '90s, this game dates back to like 1970s. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so we're a little late to the game. But so in, in any other context, playing the same game for five years is like, oh my gosh, you must know a lot about it, right? And then you walk into a game store and be like, oh yeah, I've been playing for five years. He's like, oh, I've been playing it for the past 30. <laughs> right. It's possible that people have been playing this for twice as long as we've been alive. Right. <laughs> We're just like, oh. It's like, oh okay. So our knowledge on this is like, is minimal. But mm -hmm. we want to use that actually as, as kind of a incentive to get more people interested because we think, well, we got interested. There must've been something that interests us about right. it. And we know a lot, this subject matter is so complex it actually scares a lot of people away from the outset um so we really yeah. want to get more people interested that are intro players so we know definitely more than the in the person who doesn't know much about dnd yeah and we're we're pretty casual gamers uh <laughs> in most respects anyway so i feel like this is that's kind of more the broad audience anyway right right and so that's, guess... that's what we're looking to do here and, th and that's why our topic today is about the edition that we play. Right. Uh, because you have, again, 50, 60 years of, you know, this game. It's been through many different editions. Exactly. In fact, how many editions are there? Well, I mean, how many do you count there? I know we are on fifth edition, but if you think that means that there's been five editions. <laughs> that it's the fifth one. <laughs> you would <laughs> be, be wrong. wrong. <laughs> this kind of follows the Microsoft <laughs> uh, edition kind of Pattern. mentality where right. they start. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a point one. Right. Uh, so on our on our show notes, what, there's 10 different lines line items here? 10 editions. Okay. That sounds about right. Which not all ten are going to be relevant, and we're not even going to go over all ten today. Right? Yeah, and because we haven't uh, but, played, but that's just a whole telling lot. you like there's a lot of editions. So the latest one, which looks like it came out in 2014, so we're still seven years from from even the newest one being being introduced, and that's fifth right. edition, which is the edition that we are most familiar with. Exactly. It it whenever you hear someone say like, oh, I play five e or. 3.5 this is the edition that they're talking about yeah 5e yeah people just call it 5e that's that's for short um and, and honestly at this point um people who say i play D, &D they're usually talking about fifth edition right um you know that's kind of what most people are playing we can't say everyone and we have some stats on that but they might not be accurate <laughs> we'll, we'll go <laughs> <Yeah>. into that <laughs> um 
Well, let's go over those stats. So we we got we got these cool stats that we found. A couple of different ones. We have one that was reported from quarter one of 2018. Should we have some sort of like stat music? I don't know. I feel like this is you know talking about numbers. I, I want to. This is it's you know like the news, like breaking news. I could I could play some I could play some funny jingle here. I'll have to I'll have to. You're making me do more work in editing, man. I was just talking just vocals like we'll keep this all in the episode i we're just like welcome to do the, you, do you, the oh, numbers you want me to do, do a, a do, vocal do, do. oh i get yeah. a vocal <laughs> oh, you want us to do the do 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 yeah <laughs> welcome to do 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 oh man I, I man perfect you're making this way too hard all, all right. right well boom we'll figure something Done. out for <laughs> stats all right i'll just have so, to make sure make sure to keep referencing that so it's too difficult for you to edit out Absolutely. Yeah, you're already making my life heck. All right. We're at, we're in Q1 of 2018. So we're talking 3 years ago, right around this time. We have a lot of different games that were reported on Roll20, which is a great web service uh for Dungeons and Dragons where actually so this is reported in 2018. The numbers from here must have exploded because oh, we're talking the pandemic. Yeah. Like, this is, <laughs> right. This like is this is pretty... this is the online version of this. Back when, like, life was still a thing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so I could imagine these numbers have nothing to do with what's happening nowadays. So so take that with a grain of salt. But no, like, this is the, what's representative before it all exploded. Right. And we can even talk about percentages within Roll20. Uh, right. So and how and people are playing. I'm guessing that's probably... I, 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 I was going to say they're probably pretty accurate, but they're probably even more skewed in towards 5e now. Because yeah. 5e is, is a really good intro. Yeah, I, right. I, I bet they are. That's why I said that these, these numbers probably aren't too accurate for what we're going to represent. Um, now it goes over all different role-playing games. This is all role-playing games uh, right. here uh, for Roll20. We're only going to comment on the top three, uh, two of which are Dungeons & Dragons property. One which isn't, but is we decided is worth mentioning. Um, so number one is 5e, which is the one we're going to go into depth with today. And it represents 60% of the games played on Roll20 and 69% of all the players playing role-playing games. Right. That's a, that's a... Which is a little odd that there's it's 60% of all games, but 70% of the player base. Yeah. And coming from a technical background, I should just be able to tell you what that means. But I can't. <laughs> And I, even if I did, I wouldn't. Is it a significant number? We don't know. Okay, yeah. we're not going into hey, that equation. But so. those are, those are, wait, those are numbers. Math checks out. <laughs> so we decided. Cue number music again. Thank you. <laughs> numbers. Wow. Oh, there you go. That, that, that sounded way better than what we did before. All right. So let's skip over the second one. And then we'll talk about the other D&D uh, version, which is represented here, which is 3.5. Which, right. if we go back to our... Which is probably uh, the second invented. most popular, even though we're skipping an yeah. edition. And that was back in 2003, when that one was uh, invented by the Dungeons & Dragons crew. Um, that one only represents 3.89%. So if you heard before, we were from 60% of all role-playing games with 5e. The second most popular in Dungeons & Dragons is... Only three point eight nine percent of all games, right? With three, yeah, so 3. this 5 is... e. so not, <laughs> but now we have this player number. It represents 
23.59% of the player base. So even though there's less games, somehow there's so many players doing it. Yeah, I I wonder if that means that players have started a game or built a character and they're just like, oh, we'll just go Seems to a different... Odd. Well, you know, it's also because Dungeons & Dragons is such a group game. Th- these... Man, that could mean that there's a game with like 50 players. I don't know, like Ugh. you know, as a dungeon master, just like this. I would not like <laughs> to do that. You do not, yeah. But it's possible, right? It's possible that, like, you yeah. know, uh, yeah, that that because they they're just logging players. It could have been a guy that came in for an episode was like, I want to try out D and D. Right. Oh, cool! Make a character jump in our campaign. They made him like a one-off character in the campaign. He counts as a player, but the game is still the same. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that, that I'm could thinking there could be campaigns where there's like 50 people because that's right. such a huge. You went from 3.8 percent of all games to, tw- to almost 24 percent of the player base. Like what? It's nuts. Uh, and, and now we're talking on D and D alone. We it it, it looks like 100 percent. So I don't know where that where those. Yeah, I, I'm of those wondering if there's some up. overlap here where maybe it has to be players ha- that are in a 3.5 game are also in a. 5e game because adding right. up all the percentages they are well over 100 for all the player percentages. i mean it has to be a crossover because they, they list the sample size of player base mm-hmm. so though whoever is though those players they they right. definitely have their hands in multiple baskets that's the only way to make sense of this and anyway i think we talked about <laughs> what the numbers mean for long enough but basically we're trying to say is 5e is vastly the most popular version of Dungeons and Dragons. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um I mean a couple more numbers though. I, I do want to just go and then scroll down just to D&D alone. It gives us a really cuz this one lists tabletop D&D players as opposed to the ones on Roll20. Um right. don't know what year this was from that they gathered this. Uh and it's and it states that it's just an estimate. Um it does say that it was from the Roll20 industry report. So they, they state that there's a roughly 9.5 million playing 5e. There's roughly 3.2 million playing 3.5. There's 1.2 million playing 4e, which came out later than 3.5, right. but that, that goes to show you how people didn't really respect that one as much as the o- older ones. So I guess 5e finally did it right. And then uh, um, w- one of the oldest shows up, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, still has a, a nice cult following of uh, 0.8 million. And that's that's one of the OGs. That one's from... Yeah, that, that was basically... 1977. I mean, yep, yep. So that was kind of when they fleshed out the the very first game. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, let's make some actual rules. Back then <laughs> it was called Dungeons it. or Dragons. They're like, we yeah. can do both. That, that's probably the one that you see in like pop popular media, like the one... Um, what's the Stranger Things? Stranger Things show. Yeah, that that's probably the version they're playing. If, if you... Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're probably playing. It, there's so many different versions out there. There's a basic second version, which is not second edition, whatever. Right, but most of those, I, I assume, were largely ignored. I mean, we we didn't live in that era, so we don't know. We only have the data that exists today. Right. So but, we but will ignore. I, we it. can tell that that advanced it was like is has the staying power. Right. right. That one's still represented today, even though it was from back in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, so to back to back to five E. Let's talk about why it's the most popular. Is it the most popular just because it's the newest? 
Right, yeah, I think it's probably a combination of it being the newest and it being a kind of uh, re uh, reversioning, I guess, of 3.5, which was pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the reasons why, apparently, again, haven't haven't played it myself, why 4th edition wasn't so popular is it was very rulesy, quote-unquote, and it kind Rulesy, of it, oh. it focused a lot more on the tactics of combat rather than role playing, which kind of turned okay. some people off. A lot of less creativity. Yeah, and there was much more. There's much much more rules, and it's focusing kind of like a video game, how you have to manage your different ability cooldowns, things like that. And sure. Some aspects of that have made their way into five E, such as yeah, you know the absolutely. short and long rest, but. Uh, yeah. Apparently, there was a lot more uh, like abilities that you had to wait to use and manage, and it, it, it came more of a tabletop combat simulator than a role playing game. Ah, uh, probably probably made it a little frustrating for the players, and also like tedious for the DM as well. Like, right, true, yeah. We we find ourselves in Five E all the time, where it's like I, we really don't want to waste our time saying we're going to take a short rest, but we all kind of want yeah <laughs> like our abilities back to have fun in the situations where we need it and it's like okay well <laughs> we're just gonna ramble for 10 minutes but really what we're doing is nothing <laughs> yeah ex- exactly and and for th- there's a, a lot of people it's kind of you see with the numbers that really enjoyed that part of the role-playing part of it and a little bit of flexibility uh that you get from a more broad rule set which, which also, so I actually buried the lead a little bit because going back to the some of the numbers, I, I did ignore one that we said we were going to talk about. That right. version is not a Dungeons & Dragons property, though many consider it kind of right, right yeah, along the yeah. same lines. Uh, and that's Pathfinder, which was based off of 3.5 edition of Dungeons & Dragons. Right, and it came after Dungeons & Dragons 4th edition. Right, which probably helped it. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it seems like there was a, bu- a big fallout uh, from D&D during that era right there. So like in that 08-09 period, there, there was kind of like, I guess, a little mass exodus as soon as they made 4th edition. And people were like, nah. Pathfinder came out and people went, cool. Oh, okay, like another yeah. different, yeah, different property, but very much in line. It obviously came from someone who had played a lot of Dungeons & Dragons, otherwise... You know, they wouldn't right. have set it up properly and had such a big following. It, um, yeah, exactly. So it, and it's kind of funny if you watch videos about all the different editions on YouTube, like the OGs who have been playing since, you know, the 1980s. Whenever you bring up fourth edition, this, you could tell it'd be like, well, it's a big, it's a, it's a big point exist. of contention where <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's like, it's like one of those windows operating. What, what was the one that everyone was like? Nope. No, that they didn't Vista. make that windows. Oh yeah. Vista <laughs> deleted off the face of the planet. Oh, and every windows knows it goes XP to seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then from seven to, to 10, ten. Everyone yeah. knows that. <laughs> we ignore all the ones in between. We don't we don't talk about the dark times. <laughs> everyone just ignores them. Um so so going into there, we saw that we were talking sixty percent played five E. this is back again twenty eighteen numbers. We see Pathfinder up at around 10% of games. Right. Which is pretty respectable. I mean, because we know that the next one down falls all the way 
to 3.89%. So being at 10%, you're like, that. yeah, that, that one's three times more popular than the third place one. Right. And pretty good. You might be asking Eric and Brett, what are the numbers for D and D four E on this report that you're looking oh, at? Doesn't, doesn't even it show is up. not on it. <laughs> so <laughs> it does not. So, which means it's below 1% representation. Right. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Or for some reason they just didn't want to put it on this chart, but I don't know why, if it was well, represented. well, so we go down to, again, the, the numbers where we were reporting before and we saw 1.2 million. So, mm-hmm. Roughly a third of what, who plays 5e. So, so yeah, you probably are looking for just under 1% in total if right. we're looking at the industry report. We, we could expect that it's about less than 1% of the total player base. Right. So st- some people play it, apparently. Exactly. And <laughs> like, okay. So there's, a, there's also, a I think, a second complementary kind of factor going on here with the popularity of 5e is that mm-hmm. it... Uh, it kind of appeared in the scene in 2014 and that's kind yeah. of when like Twitch and streaming of Dungeons and Dragons kind of hmm. started kicking off with like okay, most famously yeah. by Critical Role, I think started in 2015. Ah, uh, there you go. Critical Role is huge. Yeah. Yeah. So all of a sudden it became popular to kind of start streaming Dungeons and Dragons. And yeah, when people see it's, it's... the addition that, they want to play shown on Twitch and YouTube and stuff. Then I'm like, Oh, well that that's the addition that we're going to play. That helps a lot of people learn. I mean, that's also, yeah, the reason we're doing our podcast, right? right? Hey, if you listen to our podcast, yeah, you might get interested in, in actually picking up D and D finally. Uh, Yeah. The age of the internet is such an interesting thing of how certain trends exploded, (laughs) you know, right. Yeah. Actually gain popularity. And I mean, Games like Magic and and D and D are going to grow. They're only going to grow because as they as they find podcast audiences, you know, and, and and each has their own fan base, and people get into them that way. Just more people play. Oh yeah, you can just reach so many more people. Right, and they're getting all all love from from word of mouth. Um, now, the last time, what what was the edition? So fourth edition came out. We said what two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. This one, this fifth edition came out in O. Uh, sorry, in 2014. So that's a, a six-year gap. Mind you, that was probably like, you know, they had to get out of fourth edition as fast as they possibly freaking could. Um, <laughs> the, the, so let's go back the, before that. The jump from three, f- 3.5e, which people respected, to fourth edition was only five years. Right, and there's a six-year gap between 4e and 5e. But now we're sitting in a gap of seven years. So wouldn't we maybe expect a sixth edition to come out? Yeah, it, it's it's kind of strange because I have not heard anything about... Right, and I haven't either. These, like, there's no whispers. They're still working heavily on developing 5e right. expansions. In there. And in fact, one is like releasing like now. Yeah, so the most recent book that came out was like Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Like they're they're they would I can't imagine they'd be putting all this effort in printing hardcover books. Right. Yeah, and now they got the one you heard of Ravenloft. Right. Now like the newest one. Yeah, yep. I I was interested. I was intrigued because so the the campaign that I'm running with as a player is the Curse of Strahd campaign, which is in yep. that in land. That ran, so right, I'm very right. interested very to see what one. they put in there. It is a very cool landscape and uh, curse of dry is a very popular uh very popular like preset to run 
uh, might be. Which he he he's, tells me I'm not allowed to read into it because I'm. He in can't. The he's not allowed to. So. Yeah. If I if I catch wind. <laughs> Eric already knows how this ends, but I don't. Oh so. yeah, I, I will change everything, and I will use their knowledge against them if I catch a whiff that they have <laughs> read anything about that book. I think you could tell we know nothing of what we're doing. I I think yes. we've made that abundantly clear. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> I know for a fact that they have not, or they're just very good at hiding it because some of the times they're like, oh, well, let's just go here. And also, we, I've well, changed we a whole ju- lot. We just end, like, our last uh, campaign, or what do they call it? Episode, our last session. session. Our last session, we literally just had to backtrack everything we did in the previous, like, three. Oh, yeah. Because we had missed a very vital thing that just none of us looked for. Yeah, there was something <laughs> and we ended they up had like to just find. redoing the whole thing. Yeah, there was something they had to find to uh, reconsecrate like a sacred temple or a holy place, right? Which was right in front of our eyes, but we would have never known that because we were never given information about it. Right. Yeah. So they unless had... we were looking for it, it was not in our minds. Exactly. When they came across this item, it was just a thing on a battle map that they had <laughs> seen just, but why would they there. but why would you even care about that no i we, we we clearly didn't yeah and you almost yeah and you decided to go in one direction then you found something out to go back <laughs> in another direction like hey let's just check back here and then it was right there and the reaction was incredible <laughs> everyone suddenly <laughs> realizing where it was Felt like such a waste of time, but it was needed. It was needed. I mean, that that, that had to happen. That was so cool for me, though, <laughs> as a DM. For the behind-the-scenes look, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, anyway, back into 5e. I mean, it, we, can, we can riff off of our campaign a little bit, because we should talk about kind of how 5th edition works within the context of right. our campaign. So, but before like, we do that... Uh, okay. We kind of we we started talking about like why they're they're still working on five e and oh yeah and there's yeah a, go back to that topic like where is sixth edition and if a sixth edition comes out would we expect fifth edition to fade away completely yeah it, it'll be interesting because there's so much more games played in fifth edition than any other edition ever and yeah whenever especially it, if you figure they're still you know, if, if a group is used to 5th edition, unless they're bored of 5th edition, and there's more... I mean, we, we could talk... We're going to actually eventually have a podcast where we talk about the difference between these pre-made campaigns, right. which you're you're running one, or making it yourself, which I could imagine. That's a whole heck of... I know I did it myself, actually, because back in college, I DM'd my own campaign of my own making. Right. I actually didn't even know. <laughs> it's real funny. I played, like, D&D twice, and then I was like, I could DM... Yeah. And I just, like, made my own. This was before I knew they actually, like, like what was involved with a preset. Like, wh- I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't have money, so I wasn't going to buy one anyway. Right. So, like, I had to make it myself. And I just did. And it still worked. It worked great. And I, I was playing 5th edition back then, um, which must have been in 2014. Yeah, and, and I mean, sometimes that's just what you got to do. Like, a lot yeah. of times, the person who's the most excited about Dungeons & Dragons, bringing it to their group, they're the probably the ones who are going to have to run the game, which feels a whole lot different than playing, but it can yeah. be just as much fun. But anyway, it, a kind of interesting aspect of 5e versus, let's say, 4e is how many new options and classes there are. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if, you, if you've if done any research, but 
I just want you to guess how many new classes came out in fourth edition versus fifth edition. Now that there's been Ooh, this is a this is a so I know I know this one off the top of my head. In the original D and D, there was only three. Three classes? Wow, I didn't know that. There were only three in the original. There, it was literally like like mage class, like like spellcaster guy, yeah, <laughs> fighter guy. He, like literally, that was their three. Like you cast spell guy. You you fight guy or, or, class you, or something yeah or you heal guy like that was it that's all they had so obviously we're we're way beyond that right. but I imagine I'm gonna guess this is new classes also, so after the the original like handbook came out how many classes did they add okay. in fifth edition which versus... you're talking the the original handbook of five e right and then the which I want to say the original handbook of five e I want to say has either eight or ten I think it's ten. There's 12? Is there 12? Original. Okay, the original 5e. Right, Wait, yeah. One. Right, so now you're talking, with all the expansion that they've invented, how many are there now? Yes, in, in, the... in 5e. Now, by by that, are you talking all the subclasses? No, which is kind so of... just like just the classes. Oh. Oh, I'm surprised if there's many more of that. So I'm going to be really shocked at this, because I know there's, like, tons of like you talk you take the fighter class there's like like 12 subclasses within fighter mm-hmm. <laughs> so like the, the options go that way but so you're talking actual class that you could pick i'm gonna guess i'm gonna say it doubled up to 24 there is one other class yeah okay that makes a lot of sense to me right, right. like i was saying like it and, mostly goes into the subclass and in fourth edition there was 18 made after Whoa. the original. So there's more classes in 4th edition than right. there are in 5th. Interesting. So there's 26, wow. I think, total that's classes in 4th edition. And that's kind of one of the the main, I think, people, not I don't want to say issues, but things people wish Wizards of the Coast would do is add a little more uh, classes. But you kind of hit on the point that I was going to bring up is I feel like they move towards creating a lot of subclasses. For yeah, that's exactly what they uh, for their uh, for the different classes, and once you think about Dungeons and Dragons as a like combination of like the the six characteristics, then it kind of makes sense that there's not like a whole bunch of classes because yeah. there's only six characteristics or six abilities, ability scores that you kind of build your character from, and there's really so only so many combinations that you can have that like before oh how much different is a uh like a ranger class from like an archer class it's like okay well right they're basically saying you're saying the same words right exactly (laughs) so which which honestly so when when we're talking about this that makes me believe that if they do come out with a sixth edition which i mean at this point also yeah i let's just talk sixth sixth edition if they come out with a new edition i think it will probably become more popular because in my mind those that have had fifth edition since 2014 that are dedicated to Dungeons and dragons clearly like the game clearly want to play it probably are bored or at least if they're not bored are gonna start delving into sixth edition i think you're therefore playing it therefore yeah therefore getting into it therefore making more campaigns in that because there's so much more to explore right i mean if you've gone through all the fifth edition pre-maids 
and, and and used all your characters and and made one of every class. Which th- what do you say? There's tw- thirteen. There's thirteen. Not but hard to if do. If you count subclasses, there's probably like fifty. Yeah, or something that's crazy. Fair. That, like that's that. fair. But if you just wanted to like make a, I mean, probably most people would be happy just running through right. like six different campaigns, six different characters. Right. Like, because how many times? Even though there's probably like ten different subclasses for cleric, how many times in a row are you going to be cleric? Like. Right, right. Even if you're doing different subclasses, you probably wouldn't do it twice. You probably are interested in a certain subclass on a certain class, mm-hmm. and, and that's as far as you're going to go with that. And also, you're not going to play, you know, Wizard Sorcerer. You're probably only going to do one of those two, right? I mean, they're both, but they definitely do different things, and they feel different, but you're just going to choose the one you prefer. You're not probably going to have a campaign with both. You know what I mean? Like, Right, yeah, yeah. So, and maybe after you've done a Wizard, then you go back and be a barbarian and then you're a, a bard and then then you go back to being a sorcerer when you're just like oh i played a bunch of uh like melee combat things now i want to be a spellcaster again but i've already been wizard so right. i'll do this other thing but yeah it kind of right, goes that's to fair. uh kind of goes to what you're saying is like you go through this cycle but then after you go through that cycle another time you're just like well i already did wizard sorcerer warlock I guess I'll be a druid, but I've already was. I don't know. It's right. <laughs> so, so I feel like we've decided, at least in our minds, and at least in what we predict. Although we're talking about five E today, it could be very possible that a year from now, five E is is, <laughs> you know, something. But probably most people are playing six E. Yeah, then, it, which it, is, it feels weird to be like so excited and talking to new players about five E when around the corner a year from now this podcast could already be irrelevant right well then we'll just make a new one about sexy it'll be great we will well obviously we will absolutely and then yeah. and then but yeah it's just funny that and, to think that and I, I think that's entirely possible i also wouldn't be surprised if another eight years go by and we're just still in 5e and we're still in 5e absolutely and i and I also yeah that leads me to my next point like if you're listening to this and wanting to start and, and it's still in 5e range even if this is a year from now and even if they made an announcement for 6e don't shy away from doing something from 5e right i mean at that point actually you might be best going into 5e because maybe the prices have dropped on some pre-mades or something i don't don't know how their market works actually in those right but like i imagine like they've created some great stuff and 5e is a great addition and it's great for new players right and and i think a lot of what we're going to talk about is just the original player's handbook for, to start out with which is it's been out for a while and it's just not going to change yeah yeah which i think in our campaign that that we're running again which we're going to reference a lot just right. so you guys are all <laughs> yeah. away because it, it draws directly from our experience right i mean this is us playing dungeons and dragons eric is dungeon master so he has great knowledge of what it takes at that level which is totally different than being a player yeah <laughs> and i'm the player in that campaign so i can talk about which eric's also a player in a campaign that he's in so he's got both sides i have just the player side though i've been a dungeon master in the past like i've mentioned but very much created out of my own mind um which i actually created in a, in a magic universe which was hilarious you know right back yeah. then i think now they actually they did they make a pre-made like for dungeon and dragons with magic in mind yeah, they made two. They made one uh, referencing Ravnica, that plane, Which and then another awesome. one with Pharos. Oh, wait, so back there, then, there that didn't exist. There might even be an Innistrad one. Oh, I bet. I mean, because that's almost like the realm we're in now. It's very Innistrad. I think our huh, one, one of our friends, in the name. one of our friends, Patrick. He's he's a player. In, oh, he's running in, in that, our isn't he? Yeah, he's he's running a 
campaign, yeah, from I think at least loosely based off of the Innistrad plan. So maybe when we get to that, we'll have a we'll have a guest on. I just remember in in my campaign, I guess mine was basically um, a combination of Amonkhet and Zendikar, and this is way before Amonkhet ever existed. But I say that because I started them in a desert right. pyramid. Like well, so, now um, I'm like, oh, that was Amonkhet, Egypt, and then. Yeah, it was definitely Zendikar, though, because um, on my second episode with them, I had them um, kind of split up, and I sent them all to, like, a very iconic, like, place. Uh, so, like, the people who chose Island, I did that, like, Cup Island, where, you know, oh, the, the yeah, waterfalls that, coming that out famous, of Oh, yeah, that famous, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> everyone knows Cup Island, because it's, like, that giant bowl, floating bowl-shaped island with waterfall coming out. So, I, I had them there, so, like, they knew where they were, which was very cool for a player to know mm-hmm. what exactly what they're like it looks like and can just like plop down the magic card in front of them <laughs> but yeah I, if, if a magic campaign would have existed i probably would have done i mean again i said like, I, I wasn't gonna pay for it but <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, that, that's a big thing when you're a poor college dude <laughs> and <laughs> you're not gonna pay for the premates and we'll we'll say that if you don't have any money the the internet exists we're not advocating yeah. anything, obviously. And, it, and if you can yeah, support and, your local you, game and, stores, definitely do that. But And it's very possible to create your own campaign. I did it. I did it after I played a single session and was like built up the confidence to be like, yo, I can DM. I can do this. Here, and here, it worked. Here's what you do. It wasn't bad. You listen to this podcast called Dragon Party Podcast, and we'll yeah, tell you everything podcast. you need to know. And it's I free. I hear it's a party in there. It's a party. <laughs> it's free. Yeah, we're not charging you. Yeah. There's no cover charge. <laughs> Maybe there should be. No, <laughs> we're never going to charge you. Not at all. Not for this. This is fun for us. Right. <laughs> um, so, so, so let's talk about how, I guess, how does 5e work? Like, we, we keep dancing around it a bit. But, like, how exactly? Now, when, when we're playing Dungeons & Dragons, I like to think of it in this way. And you can tell me if I'm wrong for thinking of it like this. But I kind of think there's two phases to Dungeons and Dragons. There's a role-playing phase and there's a combat phase, and they're very different. Yeah, that, that, those are that's a good way of looking at it. Sure. So there's so we're gonna say that there's two phases of every Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Every every game kind of is gonna work the same way. There's a role-playing side, which is which is the you know the stereotypical what everyone thinks of. Well, actually, both sides have are stereotypical, right? Because the role-playing one is, is the people doing weird stuff in the basement, having weird voices, which is very much a part of the game and very fun to do. I mean, that, I yeah, love that. yes, you're going to do it. Because but one of my favorite things Eric has ever done so far in our campaign is he had these little, what were they, kobolds? Kobolds, yeah. And you talked in that weird voice where they were, like, trying to get fish, and I still can't, like, get it out of my mind, you saying fish in the kobold voice. What was? Do it. <laughs> but talk fish. about how many <laughs> just the... they need to fish <laughs> yeah so, funny. <laughs> but so i kept asking them about their fish because i was obsessed with them Th- these two poor kobolds who couldn't fish for their lives yeah they were <laughs> were stuck in a closet they were, cu- they were caught in a hard place <laughs> <laughs> they were my favorite characters so far yeah <laughs> So you just gotta, anyway, you just it's, all, it's it. all part of the, right. It's all part of the game because it needs to be. I mean, it's what makes it fun. It, it's you know, this is another reason like, we recommend. It, it's obviously a close, tight knit people, and if you need it, have a brew. Ha- have a brew with it. Loosen up. Yeah. Have fun with this. This is something that you're supposed to have so much fun with. Um, all possible and, online. And, over and the you internet. don't need to 
jump out of the gate with it either. There's a bunch of people in, in our campaign that I don't think ever really have done any sort of role playing thing. Like you're, yeah. So you're big into the theater and stuff. And yeah, right. True. I, just I have guess no we shame. should say that. So I, I didn't really care. <laughs> I, just have no, I guess. I mean, it is a theater person's game. I guess you could say. I mean, that that's that's part of the stereotype, right? right? Is that it's a theater kids game, which is how I started, right? Back in college, it was it was my theater group. Right. I mean, that's man, we were the most stereotypical people in the world back then. <laughs> but I guess what what I was trying to say is like a bunch of our friends. They're they're very introverted. They didn't really get as into the role playing at the beginning, at least. And then as sure. time goes on, you just kind of get more into it. Yeah, more we broke them out of it. We, we we made them we made them very happy with all the shenanigans. Right, people. exactly. <laughs> uh, so so that's one part of the game is that is that role playing aspect. Then there's the combat a- aspect, which is the stereotype of of the guy rolling the dice. Yeah. Um. Now you roll the dice in in the role playing part, which is a little bit. Um. Most of the time though, you're seeing it in combat because combat everything you do is going to involve the dice every single step you're gonna roll the dice every time it's your turn and and combat is very turn-based i don't think there's any addition i think all the dnds probably work like this i imagine where combat you have to make it turn-based now they have you know time stamps on on what constitutes your turn so they say for 5e uh, your turn in combat is worth six seconds of time. Yeah, and and that's actually everybody's turn. So the oh right, that's the whole round. Yeah, so I guess I guess we'll just start off with the, with the combat too. So sure, it's a little easier to explain. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> role playing is very you know it, that's all creative, but yeah, let's talk about combat because it's very concrete. And yeah, it's very so, easy so to let's say a party of four adventurers are uh, attacked on the road by three goblins. They enter combat, and how I tell them to enter combat is everyone rolls for initiative. So everyone rolls a 20-sided die, a d20, and that determines the order of the combat round. Now, one round is everyone goes once. That entire round is six seconds long. So everybody moves simultaneously, heavy air quotes around simultaneously, because you're still... (laughs) You, you do what you want to do based on the actions of your ally and what your, uh, yeah, that, your enemies that do. That six-second round in real time uh, with a party of four is going to take about 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a whole lot of times where we're like, wow, that was a big two-hour fight. And then I look down at my sheet. It's like, oh, that was about 45 seconds of real seconds time. Seconds worth of combat. <laughs> People yeah, have died, right. been resurrected. There's been It's just like you can't stuff. like – retroactively like think about that too like after after going through combat for two hours you're not like oh that was only a minute no you're never thinking that you're always like exhausted you're like holy crap we've been in combat for years yeah this the combat is definitely the most gamey part of dungeons and dragons this is where the rules matter so your bow has a certain range that really matters and it's certain number of feet so if the monster is over that range that's kind of where it is like, ah, sorry, you got to use your movement to move up and then get in range. It's very tactical. Some people really enjoy that part. Some people don't. And it's kind of up to the dungeon master to kind of fill in to kind of satisfy both groups needs. Yeah. One little side note too, on combat, it feels it. I've, I've never once been in this situation because it's just not really possible. You can't really end in a session halfway through combat. (laughs) 
Yeah, you really can't. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, it's just it just doesn't work uh, the way the flow is. I, you'd think like, oh, at the top of the round, we could hold it there. Nah, you're better off like if you're getting into combat or everyone rolls for initiative. Decide, like, look at the timestamp, and if you've been playing for a while and you don't think that you have the time to get through a whole combat, which it's kind of up to the DM to decide because he knows how difficult that combat's going to be. The players, you know, they're, they're thinking, oh, we could knock down anything, right? I don't know. Right. Like, you should really, that should be a point where pe most people end the session for the day, is either getting into combat or, like, at the end of combat, you, you kind of wrap things up, but by then you've probably been playing for a while. Yeah, yeah, it, it is kind of funny because that is a thing. Like, you would think it would be harder to end a session in the middle of a conversation when of like you trying to negotiate prices, yeah, with a yeah. store owner rather than in the middle of combat. But yeah, there's just so much you have to remember. Like, where were you? Did, wait, were we trying to capture this guy to question him, or were we going to kill him? All of these small well, things that really affect the combat, you just need to remember how, what, how, wait, did I use this ability? Wait, did we take a yeah. short rest? Did we take a long rest? And also, at, for me, I really like the tension aspects of what combat bring. So I was just going to say, that that's the reason the combat is so much harder to end because the tension, it lasts until combat is over the tensions continue like you have to get right. out of it you have to finish it like there's no way you don't feel safe in a situation yeah. when the combat's still happening you can't be like well i'll just wait till next week and see like if i'm hanging from a cliff you, you're yeah, not yeah, gonna literally. end the episode there and see like did he survive he hanging from the for cliff? a week yeah <laughs> yeah right because because in reality usually you have a session once a week is, is probably what's most common i'm sure other Groups can decide whatever they want, but I think most commonly it's a weekly kind of meeting. And that feels the best where you get enough of a break, but you're not gone from it long enough where, like, to everything's everything. foreign to you. Yeah. Yeah, because even when you skip a week, you'll find that week you come back, you're like, yeah, we need, like, a super recap because it's been two weeks now yeah. and I don't really remember what happened. So, like, the week timeline is perfect. I know that's that's asking a lot of a lot of people sometimes, but you can play for an hour to two hours. I'd say you can get through... A, I'd say every combat, I would say, definitely doesn't last more than an hour and a half tops. And that's, it could be a lot better. It depends a yeah. lot on your group. <laughs> yeah, it depends on how how you want the combat to go. Yeah, I I guess that, that might be another episode of how, like, I as a DM treat encounters like that. Because sometimes I kind of put an encounter in there to break things up a little bit you know sure, there hasn't sure. been a comment in a Do while a one. or like i want to show you that this environment is dangerous so nothing is going to be easy so there was a, a sure. thing that happened where you guys were bedding down for the night and there was a creature that burrowed up from the ground and attacked you while you slept <laughs> you just did that to be annoying uh, no comment, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, it, I don't know. There, he was there's different reasons. That was a DM situation where he was mad that I had a spell that allowed us to be in an impervious bubble every night, and he was mad about well, it. Well, I wanted to show you that it wasn't as impervious as you thought. <laughs> oh, see, no, that was just a perfect excuse to be like, I'm the DM, and nothing you do matters. <laughs> the world bends to my command. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you see, you all saw it. Yeah, he admitted it. But uh, but but yeah. So so basically, uh, we're just rambling. But 
but that's that's great. <laughs> it's all part it's of five E. I mean, this party. is Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons is a very rambling. I feel like all the podcasts for our D and Ds is a very role playing podcast, right? It's like right, yeah. I mean, this is just how it works. I mean, and that's kind of how we what we want to convey to everyone is like this is it's really just about you getting in a group and and hanging out for the most part. I mean, yeah, a lot of role playing can be whatever you want. Yeah, and, and and let let's use that to transition. So like combat is very structured. Like you have your turn. Right, that is you that's have, a very turn based. You have an action, certain you have actions your movement, that you can do. Bonus right. action. Um, and it's the same every time. Those are the only three things you can ever do. Right. Uh some sometimes there's other... actions that allow you to take another action. Right. Very rarely though. They're not gonna do that like ad nauseum. Yeah, it's gonna it, be like there's a abilities that thing. affect like the timing of things and also on sure. other people's turns. I guess you can do it on your turn too, is a reaction. So but but there's a set yep. number of things you can do. But that's with it. Your turn. All right. You're never gonna be doing too much. Yeah. But with role playing Throw all that out the window. People can talk over each Fair other. Game. It's loosey goosey. Right. Whatever you want. And there's yep. no real maps. So in combat, I like to have like a yeah. battle map everyone can look at, so everyone sure. knows where they and, are. And honestly, it's needed. You that that is a very important aspect. Absolutely, because because there's movement involved. Right. There's a lot of space movement. There's a lot of ranges. We talked about like how far your bow can shoot. How far they people can be for you to slash them. It, uh, space Can I hide behind this tree that's right here? Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Which is an awesome use. Yeah, right. Use your environment, which, right. which is it goes into the creative aspect. There is some creative yeah. aspect within it. There's strategy involved. You could, there's a lot you could do, but but the maps are needed. Which some campaigns can live or die by like how good the maps are. You know, if, it, right. if, if yeah. we're just talking about a blank white page with squares, and you're just like moving the pieces in a in an open plane that's super boring it's much more interesting to have a dynamic map where like oh i'm gonna climb this tree now i'm on top of a tree and like to think of it in a a 3d space is is way more fascinating right and 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 this is kind of where role-playing combat kind of meet is there are aspects that of of having a map of seeing it as much uh more realistic and kind of immersive that you can never get out of a game so like there was a uh a situation that occurred in a game where i was a player in where we were running across a bridge and it was just described as a bridge um but then when the map came out we saw it was like a a rope and wood paneled bridge so we were running away from somebody and then during combat uh one of one of the other players wanted to cut the bridge So if this was a stone bridge, we couldn't do that. And like, in what game are you like running across a bridge and then you want to interact with the environment in in a dynamic way that the dungeon master didn't really anticipate? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that he probably should have anticipated, right? (laughs) Right. Well, that that was just a part of the the map that they chose. Like, it might have just been like, oh, well, pick a map with the bridge or, but yeah, exactly. Like you can interact with your environment in in any way you want to. Absolutely. And, And that's also, I think you were mentioning before, how that's that might be a little unique to 5e, actually, where, where you were talking some editions before were a little more strict in combat. Yeah, there, there might be. And, and the, of course, like everything we talk about rules, rule zero is the DM has total control. <laughs> so you might talk to a buddy who did advanced or 4e, and he's like, oh, yeah, I let my players do that all the time. Do whatever they want. 
That's fair. I mean, and that and that. I mean, that point of D and D, right? Right. Exactly. It's like it's role play. Yeah. So it's all whatever you say goes. Yeah. What we're trying to say is we're always right, and if we make a mistake, <laughs> it's because that's how we play. <laughs> no, that's not true. We we make mistakes all the time. Uh, but but that it's it's a fair point to say that like a lot of this is is very open ended even the strict parts but but they give us a structure which is important right because especially for new players new players I feel are are going to be less apt to role play the heck out of everything and especially in a situation like combat they're not gonna you know they're gonna use their abilities they're gonna I'm gonna use my sword to slash not I'm gonna take this rock and throw it against that other rock which will knock the rock into some guy right <laughs> they're not yeah, yeah. Think that far in advance they're 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 going to use what they have which is important and i would recommend to play that way just oh start. yeah and it's way more fun it's just way more fun sure. to do off the wall stuff um it, uh, yeah that that's the and, and that's that's part of it is like it's not combat to me is the less fun aspect uh even though I love strategy and everything, it does seem like it relies a lot on, on some of the structure that's built in. And, and it seems to develop a little slowly. When you have a large group and people are taking their turns for like, you know, again, we say you have <laughs> six seconds to the whole round, which means technically your actions happens in a second. Yet it takes people three minutes to decide right, even what yeah. they're maybe going to do. And then, which is fun. Well, I mean, which is not fine. But then, then there's the actual process of making their action, right? Yeah. Which, which that makes sense where it takes time, right? I, oh, I have to roll. Yeah. Okay, like, oh, you want to attack? Rolling. Okay. Roll to attack. Okay. Yeah, you roll hit. To attack, roll your damage. You oh, did you remember right. you have this ability that when you hit somebody, you get to roll an extra whatever because this. Yeah, exactly. This all all the effects then take place, right? Because I have to roll. I have to tell the DM what I rolled. He has to tell me then what happens because of my roll. Right. Like those interactions, I get why the game would take longer. It's the decision process that is taking many people too long. I mean, you know, yeah, like a game of chess. I feel like we should be in blitz mode, not. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and yeah, that that's part of of why some people don't find combat as engaging as like the role playing part of it. And absolutely. And part of that is on the DM if it is going slow. Like you'll see me saying like, "Oh, uh, Ryan, you're you're on deck." Like, make sure you think of it. Or if they're hemming and hawing over, oh, should I cast this spell? This spell just go, six seconds. It's just, they're like... Yeah, yeah, right, right. Like, you hey, warn them and kind of get is... them to, to try and make a move. Because in real time, you don't have all day to decide, like, which spell. And for those kind of situations, if they're deciding which spell, I would say, like, oh, their their character is making that decision, not necessarily sure. them. But if they have a rules right. question, I... I'm not going to be like... Oh, well, it took you five seconds to ask me that question, so you don't get right. I, I would say that might be on me as a player too. Where I prefer, you know, when I think of it, I'm such a role player that right. me in combat thinks of it in like, oh, this is me in combat. I better make a decision now. Like, what am I doing? Go, and I just do it. Like, because that's what I'm like, and that's right. how I'm trained to think. Is like I'm constantly role playing so that even when I'm in combat. I'm just, I'm just, bam! I'm just making decisions. I'm just, I got six yeah, seconds. There, I'm just, I'm just flailing my arms. I don't know. There's I no, have a plan. There's no press pause or press your inventory to pause the game to <laughs> no. take a. No, <laughs> I, I just, I just, even if it's the wrong thing, though it is funny when people choose the wrong thing. That's blatantly obvious, and you're like, you just like smack your head. You're like, what? 
What did he do? You you had like twenty minutes to think. You yeah. you sent the fireball into the fire elemental. What did yeah. you think was gonna happen? My like favorite even as, part. as an impulse like role player, I, I'm even like I'm not gonna send fire into yeah. that thing. I can't imagine. Like, how did you ever come to that conclusion? Yeah, and so, sometimes it's great as a player and a DM when you hear the DM just say like. <laughs> Are you, sure that? like, yeah, oh, are you sure about this? Like, or or the the thing where where I just say what they said they wanted to do over again. Like, so you're gonna <laughs> cast fireball at the fire oh, elemental, the fire elemental, and to give right. them one more chance to be like, maybe I'll cast lightning bolt. <laughs> you do have to do that in our campaign quite a bit, and it is funny. Yeah, I, I love when you restate what they're saying, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm just sitting here going, wow. Yeah. Holy it's, crap. And yeah, it's like, are you sure you want to hit this guy? <laughs> you actually do a very good job because you generally, you don't even let them get that far. You usually remind them, like, I'll remind you. I'll remind you that you have. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Right. You even remind people of what they have. Like, by the way, I'm looking at your inventory, sir. Yeah. And you have this thing. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you should just give everything to me. I. <laughs> Well, yeah, because you and a, another and a couple other players like they're pretty experienced, so I don't help you guys out nearly as much. Yeah. Um, but and I I'm trying to pull back on that because at this point they're experienced <laughs> players. They should be right. They should know exactly what they have yeah. too, right? But you've been the, playing your character, especially for so long. in the beginning. I was like, oh, they haven't used this scroll that I gave them in like mm, days. That's fair. Does, no, do they even remember items, that they one-off have One-off items are, are tough to use, yeah. right? Because, yeah, you're never going to... You also no, never know the right real moment, right? Like, even when it seems like the right moment, you're like, oh, but I want to hold on to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. When, <laughs> when it's like, you know, I, <laughs> I yeah. might have given you that item to solve a particular problem. But what if I want to walk on water later? Yeah. <laughs> but right now you need to walk across water, man. So what are right, you going to yeah. do? <laughs> uh, the, the best yeah, example of that. recommend just doing it. Yeah, the best example of that where uh, in one of the towns you went to an apothecary and there was like one or two of each kind of potion, but potion of water breathing, there was 10 of them and they were super cheap. <laughs> <laughs> just buy them. Just, yeah, basically a big sign saying the dungeon master would like you to purchase this item. Uh, Which I think we did. I think all, we all got one. Some of you got it. Other people did not. Who didn't? I think you didn't get one. Oh, someone must no, have no, given no. Yeah. Oh, Maybe you got one. Maybe somebody else didn't get one because, yeah. I think I got one. And then you got sure. to the cave where there was an underwater level essentially right and we had to get like there. Oh, yep. this was good yeah i was at the beginning one, I, was, I was the first one to go I'm not that it obtuse was me and, now yeah, me and one other we yeah. were the first ones to swim under so i definitely had one anyway but so, uh so, so back <laughs> to <laughs> 10 minutes ago we said we we're going to talk about role playing but but honestly that was though our role play. this was kind of it because role playing sure. there's not nearly as much rolling but there are a lot of roles that go into kind of figuring out what your character understands about the environment so these go into like certain ability checks like perception checks or deception yeah. checks like they have tons of little attributes but it's, it's pretty easy to follow yeah especially because the dm will will trigger you to use them based off of what they feel so you're looking at something okay roll a perception check. yeah like you will go into a room saying like oh i want like is there any like 
what do I find in this room? You like, I, I'll describe that the room has been like overturned and uh, there's broken windows and bedposts. You'd be like, Oh, I'm going to see if I can find anything. And then depending yeah, on your role, right. I would see that room and say, Oh, I want to look like what's interesting to me. Oh, I want to look under the bed. I feel like there's going to be something. there. Right. And uh, for the role-playing part of it, or that's a big part of the role-playing part of it but you also might try to like lie your way past a gate guard or something like that right you say the lie and part of that is rolling a deception roll yep and then they have they have basically an attribute for every decision you're gonna make or at least something that's close by to it that the dm can decide on a whim like which one he feels it matches yeah like a common one is like oh i want to set a trap like a rope trap how well do I hide it? It's like, well, that's, there's no trap hiding attribute, so you might do like right, stealth, right. They're not going to get that specific, or a sleight of right. hand, or just a general dexterity check, or something like that. There you go. Yeah, it's up to their whim for all that stuff. Um, and something I'd recommend on role playing too, since it's something new to people, what I would say is stick to like one defining attribute for your character. And I, I say that so like, I'm just off based off the first character i ever made it like i would say come up with a really quirky character attribute because it's fun to play around with and it actually gives the dm something funny to to riff off of as well um so so one of my first characters i named like something tree speaker and i was just obsessed with talking to plants (laughs) and like everything yeah and it was it was funny and uh, so like I, i went to like this old witch's house where she like lit a fire, you know, it was an old home. So she had to heat the home by burning logs. Well, I took offense to that as a character who like loves nature. I didn't want to see someone burning logs. So you just come up with like a really quirky attribute and play off of that. And that'll make it fun and interesting when you're in role-playing situations where right. you didn't even think there was going to be a moment when you went into a house and saw burning logs and that anything mattered to that. But you as a character came up with a quirky situation where, no, that upsets me for some reason. So yeah. I actually walked out of the house. <laughs> yeah, and, and that alone, for a, for a DM, wouldn't it be hilarious when the tree talks back one time? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. And, well, that's what I mean. He, he loved it. He used that. He actually, there's something in the game called inspiration. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, something that you can re-roll. Any, you can just re-roll any of your rolls. Right. So it's a very... I guess they'd call it overpowered or whatever you want. You know, it's a, it's a great perk. <laughs> yeah. You get to re-roll anything that you stunk at, uh, which happens quite a few times. <laughs> uh, the DM is actually able to just grant you that whenever he wants. It, it, so he actually granted me inspiration for that role-playing thing that I achieved, right? Because he said, wow, you did a great job role-playing that. You can have inspiration for that. Brett's only bringing this up because I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I that might have been part of it. Yeah. <laughs> and you you I, you have done it before. You have done it. I ha- it's, you have done it. You, so and not often. Yeah, yeah, not often. I not always often. go into my session saying I want to do it, but I've always if it's good role playing, I've usually really engaged <laughs> into it. <laughs> so, so he's I'm not like, going oh, cool. then think, "Oh, I'll give him inspiration." Um, and another reason which is kind of like, you know, on the other side of the DM screen is Sometimes when all my players are talking amongst themselves, that's when I'm like looking up stats for monsters or like (laughs) 
oh, they mentioned they might go to this person's house. I didn't make anything for that person's house. I'm going <laughs> to quickly type up some notes for this person and then what their house looks like. Um, and I don't, I can't go back and look at the other editions, but I believe that's unique to 5th edition. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I'll, I think that is in the player's handbook for 5th edition, but I haven't extensively read the other ones. But yeah, yeah, that that's something that's because, pretty common. I think in 5th edition, one thing that I know they did that, that revamped it from the old D&D is they, they kind of made rolling a lot simpler that way. Mm. We're like, okay, you roll, then you have this bonus, and that's that. Like and that's yeah. a, and then there's and then that's when they invented advantage and disadvantage. Yeah, so advantage used to just be a flat like bonus to your roll. I think it was just a plus yeah. two or something. Right. So they they completely revolutionized it. Where now advantage means you roll twice, take the higher of your two rolls. Disadvantage means you roll twice, take the lower of the two rolls. Right. And I think it simplified it. It made it like easier to understand and was a much bigger bonus slash detriment. Right. I mean, it, it was yeah. like. Those matter. It, it's way better in, in terms of like bonus and stuff. And it it's much nicer now that it's just a status. Like you have advantage on your roll and there's no such sure. thing as double advantage. So if you get advantage <laughs> no, on something, there's, there's if someone advantage. casts a spell that says you get advantage, doesn't, doesn't mean anything. And if you advantage and disadvantage, just a straight roll. It's just, just combine them. Right. And it's just straight it's roll. It's just clean. <laughs> you're right so it just always works and it's a lot simpler and easy to understand so that is that's also why i say fifth edition is probably one of the best for for new players i mean it is relatively simple yeah it is it it's fantastic for new players it, you're going to be rolling a 20-sided dice a lot you don't have too many things to keep track of where your bonuses are right and actually do you want to segue into what we'll need to start playing yeah let, let's let's do that because we definitely ramble on a long time. So, <laughs> what yeah, do people a need look. to start playing? <laughs> like, oh, we've edition. been going for an hour. I guess we could talk about it just quickly now. We'll, we will be saying that our next D and D subject will be delving more into this part of it, which is really starting a D and D campaign. Right. Yeah. It's the so we're just so gonna you want to start your first D and D campaign. Yeah. So you want to start? We're just gonna tell you right now. We're just gonna riff off, like list off. What do you need to start playing Five E? And right. let's say. Let's go off of the, the, the pandemic times right now. Because even after pandemic, post-pandemic, I think it's still the easiest way to play. Yeah, yeah. And it it makes it so much easier to keep a good schedule when there's no traveling involved. It's not like, yeah. oh, I have to watch my dog or child yeah, or something. Yeah, you can be home can be and home. watch your dog. Right, absolutely. Um, so first thing you'll need... Uh, would be like an internet connection web service. We're going to have a whole episode on what service that is and why. Um, right. We've already mentioned we use Roll20. Uh, I think it's the one I'd recommend right now. Yeah, it's um, free. But we'll look more into what's what else is out there. What else? Yeah, oh, there's, there's a couple other free couple ones. ones yeah. uh, I've definitely actually played a few of them, and I'd still say I recommend Roll20. So I, I'd say just start there. I, I'd say that, that they got our official stamp. Yes, Dragon, Dragon, Par Party. Dragon Party approved. We've been to Which a party a at Roll Twenty's house. We enjoyed it. <laughs> the, the 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 Dragon Party. It's gonna you're gonna start seeing a stamp on, on certain websites like oh Dragon Party approved. Dragon Party approved. Yeah. <laughs> We're they still looking our, for our ours. For somehow. <laughs> yeah, where's our spot? Roll Twenty should sponsor us. Yeah, we obviously. Decide. We're the one pushing them. 
Um, <laughs> uh, you're going to need a group of people that are interested, obviously, and, and dungeon master, someone willing to do the dungeon master role. I would say a group of, let's say five. Yeah, five is the five with, is with one good, of those being the DM. Right, four players, one dungeon master. If it goes, I, I've been in groups where there's three players and one dungeon master. I, you obviously you can play with two players, but it it can get kind of tedious a little bit when there's only mm-hmm. there's not enough like action to go around. Um, and having uh, anything more than seven players is a lot. You can do it, but I mean, I I think even like once you're at that six uh, in players, so like seven, a group of seven, where you have one DM and six players. Yeah. Oh, we're talking some long combat. Yeah, combat becomes very long, so you have to really that's, be that's good the at... phase that becomes more difficult. You'd think role playing might suffer. Uh, but it actually creates more interesting dynamics. So it's actually quite fun to role play with a larger group like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- but combat really becomes sluggish and annoying. <laughs> Where you, you, your turn won't come back for a half hour. So, like times at times. Sometimes, yeah. And, and yeah, it, it's just it's just a lot. It's just a lot. So, so D&D, I think, squarely fits into the three-player to five-player range is the best version of it and, and i'd say you can you can do six and i wouldn't recommend two at all and, and another another aspect of a larger group uh that makes scheduling very difficult so if you are meeting in person when if you have a large group just prepare for one person to not be there <laughs> every week yeah, pretty much every week. every time which is going to mess with a whole lot of the fluidity of it because right. You're going to be missing a different person each week. It's going to be a lot of times you'll find too, when you're starting a new campaign like that, if you try and make a group of six people, like you try to get them all interested, guaranteed a couple of them are going to drop out. Right. That's happened with ours and that's fine. And it's happened with ours, right? We started with six, right? Yeah. Started with six players and we're down to the four, four. Yeah. One of them, he dropped out because he's getting his PhD in physics or some like nonsense like that. <laughs> Uh, who who does that? Uh, so annoying, right? <laughs> but so, and then I'm taking on that character as a DM just to be. Uh, yeah, we left character. him in because he actually didn't. He he left after pretty long time through into the campaign. Right, and he might come so back. Kind of still needed him around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. We also yeah, he might come back to play. Maybe so we kind of kept his character around. And, and uh, maybe if we do like a DM tips episode. I'll, I can go further into explaining why it's kind of nice having a, char- a dungeon master controlled character in the party within the party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which you have had some, yep. we yeah, they usually end up killing them. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they don't last. Yeah. They, well, they, they both were gone in the same encounter. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've also been known to roleplay being very jealous of all your characters. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, that, that's been kind of funny. And also, who knows if the other players are going to listen to this. I'm not sure they know that it was jealousy that was. I think they're just like, oh, oh, this guy just hated it. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe they do know. 
No, I think I played it off well enough that that it was cl- it was obvious jealousy. Well, yeah, like, yeah, clear. I... <laughs> I went the whole campaign just being like, "Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> you can do that. Cool." <laughs> but anyway, yeah, oh, I, I, I love that dynamic. Unfortunately, that's right, and that all you know goes back harkens back to my point of having a quirky attribute. Right. right. So here I am, a character where the the DM keeps introducing characters, and here I am being wildly jealous of them for absolutely yeah. no reason. Like, it's not accounted for. It's just something I decided. Like, okay, every character who comes into the party, I'm going to, like, try and be alpha over for no right. reason. Like, I just feel yeah. threatened by their presence. Exactly. And, like, you can make up whatever reason you want for that, but it's, sure. it's also... So uh, it's so much fun for the dungeon master too, because like I've definitely played up that like that antagonistic, yeah, <laughs> uh, like relationship between the might as well about. poke and prod me. Yeah, it, it's fun. <laughs> uh, what else will you need for to start playing? So you we need, mentioned you need the website. You need a group of five. You need a sp- One's got to be DM. So if the website has a uh, a dice roller, then you won't need this. But if it's on paper, yeah. you will need a special set of D&D dice. Yeah. And you'll need a character, importantly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the most important part. I guess we should have... Yeah. So, character creation-wise, here's what we're going to do. We're, we're not going to go into it too much today. Um, it's a pretty big subject. Uh, we're going to do huge deep dives into every class within 5e. Um, right. We've heard that there's 13 of them. So, eventually, we'll get through all 13. Not all at once. We're not going to every episode go into them. We'll break right. them up. And and we're going to go, we're going to actually build a character on air just to kind of walk through the yep. whole process. So if you want to make a, a cleric or a fighter or something, then you can at least like go, go to that episode, see what the process is or, and what somebody who has like made one of those characters is thinking about and i'll and i'll re-edit this episode to insert what episode no I, i'm not gonna do that there's th- this might be years from now that we get through all that content right, right? yeah I mean, they're just who keep knows? putting out we're, new we're gonna try and get them out like, oh, crap. We'll, we'll try and make our first one of these be not too far from now right that way if you are like you can at least follow along even though we're only going to pick one class you can at least follow along through the character creation portion and just change it over to you you're going to need the handbook no matter what let's start there because the handbook also yes. is going to give you so much information and I, it doesn't matter whether you're a player or a dm you're going to yes. need the handbook for both right um, yeah the, some version of it it could be electronic physical yep someone yeah. needs so even if you're not going to do a pre-made campaign you're all going to need the handbook right. it's, it's just vital to the game this is the rule book essentially it right it's it's the game and it's it's so big and there's so much you need it because like there's no way any human's gonna memorize all this stuff right within this thing and it's gonna you know better than us on a podcast which nothing's better than us on a podcast I, but it's zero literally things. gonna list <laughs> yeah but it's actually gonna give you the templates and the steps to, to to making these characters so you can follow along with us and we'll talk about it and help you through and that's why we're gonna do these deep dives because we're gonna right we're gonna make you really think about these classes and these characters um not just like bam here's a character here's how you do it the book kind of goes you know gets you that far but that's why you're gonna need the book you're gonna need the player. Right, yeah, you're gonna have to have the book, and it just has all. Yeah, it has all the resources you need to start playing, and it has again 
it's very spelled out the rules. Some of the rules will say are intentionally left vague because people want that people want a little bit of wiggle room to kind of fit whatever's yeah. going on. Again, role playing game, okay. right? Yeah. You 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 decide that point of it, you know. Yeah. It's all like here's here's the the base and now you decide the way you like it. Uh, and what else? What else do we need? So we have the playbook. We we have the players. We have your characters now. So you need a campaign. That's right. Really you need a campaign. Step, is, yeah, you need a campaign. We're, again, uh, future content, we're going to talk about the difference between making it yourself and a pre-made. Yeah, we'll go um, over some We've pre-made. been really enjoying, again, the pre-made that we're going through right now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll kill and your I'll character about... last. Yeah, oh, yeah, thanks. And I'll I'll, I'll go oh, over yeah. kind of how I started make. Did you ever make your own? I I'm actually have started making my homebrew world and campaign. Okay, because I know you've you've made the one shot, right? Which Obviously that I did took place in the homebrew world that I'm making. Okay, fair enough. There you go. So so he's making his own. So he and so we can both talk about how you can make your own world because again I mentioned how I made my own in the context of a magic worlds that I was imagining right. back then. And the process of going through that, and how much you'll need to prep for that, and that'll be more of our DM series kind of kind of subject matter, because um, really only they focus on that. The players just play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think is that is that all we're gonna cover? For yeah, this, yeah, I think so. I think so. I, th- I think that's a good right. That's listen. That's the intro to Five E and Dungeons and Dragons, which you know, because we had the intro to the podcast, we had our uh, first Magic episode, and then this was our. Our, our first foray into Dungeons and Dragons. So you can kind of see what, what we're going to be talking about and, and how we'll be moving through it. Yeah. Uh, and I guess if for updates on our podcast, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Dragon Party Pod. And, and then we have a Gmail too, don't we? We do have, we have a Gmail. A, somewhere you can reach out, reach out with some questions. What, yeah. Maybe, and, and Destiny Dragon send Party us questions podcast on, on at Gmail. Dragon Party Podcast at Gmail. And, and that's important because Tell us what you want us to podcast about. We'll, we'll talk about whatever whatever you guys want. If you guys have suggestions on what you want to listen to uh, us us talk about and discuss, it, it'd be huge, right? Because, I mean, they're oh, yeah. giving you what you want. But we could talk about <laughs> anything, right, anything right, regardless to this. So we just need a little bit push in the right direction as far as what you guys want. We have a ton lined up, as we mentioned. Like, I mean, we're, we already ha- talked about how we're going to have 13 episodes worth where, where we go right. really in depth on the classes. So we have tons to talk about. But what, what else? What other subjects do you guys want to hear about? Um, so next week, we're back to Magic the Gathering. Yes. Uh, what are we going to talk about next week on Magic? Uh, next week, I think we're talking about some cards, maybe, that we want uh created or something along the lines of that i think so 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 we we had last week we talked about our favorites that were printed right now we're going to talk about i mean it would be our favorites right it's our it's the ones that were like this would be the ones awesome that got if away they did this the ones that got well the ones that have never been right right yeah. <laughs> that that we can see the writing on the wall it just hasn't existed uh-huh. yet and it'll be fun and we'll be creative with it and and just having a blast i imagine with how things are developing by the next time we do a magic podcast might we might even be full-blown strixhaven so we could probably do right do the content on that but we're gonna wait till everything's released on the new sets before we talk about them we get a full um, like broad picture right and you know something i didn't even think about in my mind until 
you know, we're talking about new sets. We're starting this podcast at a perfect time because Dungeons and Dragons, the magic set is coming out this year. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> no, we want to be the, we want to have a thousand followers, but that's our goal. I don't know when that comes out. Sometime in the middle of the year. But that's going to be our goal. A thousand followers by the release of like, what what well, will be our like, <laughs> it's, isn't it just called Dungeons? I don't know. Yeah, it might have a name. We'll right. do a crossover I, I with the magic called... folks who are just, they're just our twins. <laughs> so that'll be perfect. Like that, that's when our, our, our podcasts are going to meet where every week is going to be about both because magic right, just basically. combined them into one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there we go uh-huh. so that'll be great so it's it's fun that we're starting this podcast now i think it's, the timing couldn't have been better right and um, then uh yeah. then our next dungeons and dragons topic is going to be so you want to start a D campaign right so we just told you what you needed to start next time we get back on the topic of dungeons and dragons we're gonna really go into starting it right we're gonna we're gonna open up that that crank and, and start a D campaign after that there's nothing else left to do but get back to the party. Let's get back to the party. Let's get back in there. And to all you listeners, party on. Party on.